Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Michael from Burns Barbell in Ohio. What's up, Michael? How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Love to be here. Awesome. Alrighty. Let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? <laughs> Such a loaded question, right? Yes. Um, so, you know, isn't it everybody's dream to just own a gym? Like anybody who's into fitness or anything, like all I'm be all own a gym, right? Um, so before I owned a gym, I was a police officer, um, out of Hamilton, Ohio. I actually worked in the jail. Um, and then I went out to DC. I worked as a, uh, police officer out in DC for two years and I absolutely hated it. Um, and I've wanted to be, I wanted to be a police officer my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I decided I wanted no part of it anymore, I was like, well, shoot, what do you do? When what you've wanted to do your whole life, you no longer want to do. Um, so I was talking to a couple of my friends and one of them was just like, well, what do you like doing on a day-to-day basis? You don't know. You, you don't need to know what you want to do your whole life. Just what do you want to do tomorrow? I said, well, I, I, the only thing I like doing is going to the gym and working out. And she said, well, just go train people then. And I had nothing to lose. I was like, I'm not doing anything anyways. Why not? So I started uh, testing my hand in personal training and getting certified and, and, uh, and then COVID hit. So this is in January of, of last year. Um, and COVID hit a couple months after that and we powered through it and go into the details of that in a little while, but, um, fast forward to August of 2021. And I decided to uh, full send and open a gym. Um, I like personal training so much. I just wanted to be around that environment so much. And, uh, so now I've been open about five months and uh, it's going pretty decent. I, I, no looking back. So that's kind of yeah. how I got here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, obviously the amount of gyms that closed because of COVID or during COVID, about 30% or more of gyms completely closed because of COVID. So it's always super interesting for me. And I've heard it a lot lately to hear about gyms who opened either during COVID or post COVID. I know it's not completely gone yet, but it's better than it was. Um, So it's always very cool to hear about how gyms were born essentially on the other side of COVID. So now, which we'll also obviously get into in a few minutes, but as far as your business model goes and the way that you structure things. So how do you structure things within your business as far as group training, one-on-ones, uh, open memberships, et cetera? What does that look like? Yeah. So Burns Barbell is a 24 seven gym. Um, basically I have a fingerprint, um, keypad on the front door and, uh, whenever somebody signs up, I get them a fingerprint set up and then if they leave, then I, uh, take their fingerprint off so they don't have access. Um, I'm the only staff member here. So it's, it's, it's based a lot on the trust of the members and the members kind of help me take care of the gym. It's, it's been a really, I have about 65 members so far. So it's, um, it's been kind of an experience, you know? Um, 
So I have the 24 seven gym aspect. Um, and then I also do one-on-one -on -one personal training. Um, and I write out programs. Um, so I, I am primarily a strength coach. I do powerlifting. Um, that's like my bread and butter. So, um, I like to write strength programs out for people and train them on, you know, the specifics of powerlifting and strength training and things of that nature. Um, when I originally opened, I had started doing like group training sessions, but it really, it wasn't the direction that I wanted to take the gym. So I actually just cut that off in the beginning of 2022. Okay. So a couple of different options for members. Now, how do you structure memberships? Now, obviously your open membership, I'm sure is one flat fee, I'm guessing. And yes. then with personal training, do you do packages of a certain amount of sessions or are you on a monthly basis with a certain number of sessions per week? How do you structure things within the membership itself? Sure. Yeah. So for the, for the basic memberships, um, I actually do it every four weeks. Um, so I, I have your um, kind of enrollment fee and then I do a, your, your, first month when you're signing on and then it's every four weeks. Um, other than that, the only thing I have available right now is a six month membership option. Um, so basically you just pay for six months up front and, and then it auto renews after six months, unless you tell me you don't, you don't want to do that. Um, okay. As far as uh, programs go, I, I, I've just kind of restructured uh, my, my programming and personal training. Um, so my programming is, Basically, I have my clients or member, but my clients or members tell me um, by the 15th of the month if they want one, if they don't want one for the next month. Um, and then I run charges on the 25th and I write them out between the 25th and the 1st for the next month and just keep them going on, on the programs. And, and uh, so I'm starting that this month. As far as um, in-person training sessions go, um, I have um, recently decided to add a, so I have a 30. 45 minute and 60 minute session. And then I have 15 minute add-ons for if people need that for longer periods of time. Um, I sell them between packs of one to 10 and then 11 and up. Um, so I, I, I've dabbled in like, oh, you have to do X amount each week. And you know, if you don't show up, then you lose it kind of deal. Like I've, I've tried a, a bunch of different things. Um, and this is, kind of what I'm starting out at in, in January. Um, and it's, it's going pretty well, you know, people, people really just like the, the, the honesty of it, um, as opposed to, you know, paying however much, you know, $90 for a half an hour session at, at the big box gyms or whatever it is they're paying. Okay. And so currently you are at about 65 members, correct? Yes. Yep. And Okay, and that's across the open membership and the one-on-one -on -one training that you're doing. That's just my open memberships. Um, okay. Most of my most of my clients, either program writing or in person, are members, um, but not all of them. So um, I have about fifteen. Um, I guess I call them online programs uh, or online clients, and then I have about eight in-person clients right now. Okay. So, uh, um, well, I mean, it's, it's about, it's about 50, 50, as far as revenue goes. Yeah. 
between all of my personal training and memberships, it's about 50-50. Okay. All right. And now, as far as acquiring new clients goes, what are you doing for marketing? Are you doing any type of marketing? Are we doing any paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, anything of that nature? How are you getting new people to come in the door? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I got to say a lot of it, a lot of it is, is member referrals. Um, so you take the members and you, you, you really, for, for me, what I found is you, you, you know, you work out with your members, you know, um, if you're hitting your workout, you're obvious, my, my, my facility is only 2000 square feet. So it's pretty small. So you can basically hear any conversation anyone's having. So to me, it's beneficial to, you know, work out in a busy time that I have members in here and talk to them. Right. And then, you know, it, it kind of gives them like a camaraderie towards the gym. It gives them more of like a family, a family feel right They're They feel like they, you know, this is their space, not just my space. This is their space. And, you know, I basically tell them, Hey, you're, you're the beginning since I am a new gym. Like the members we bring in now are going to be the founding members of this gym. So get your friends in here, you know, bring your family, anybody that you want, the feel of the gym to be, bring them in. You know, we want a good, healthy atmosphere. And, uh, and really membership referrals are, are huge for me. Um, I also do Facebook and Instagram campaigns. Um, honestly, that is the best bang for your buck that I've found um, as far as, um, you know, targeted ads. You know, it's not like you're just running a commercial on TV or running a radio show. It's, it's very targeted. You can pick you know, your data points and, and pick local gyms or interested in weight loss or interested in strength training or whatever. And, and you can target those people. So, um, that's, that's another really good, um, in my opinion, method, um, to getting people. And then, uh, um, just, just having a, a good online presence, you know, posting on Instagram stuff that's going on in your gym. If you get new equipment, if you are upgrading things, like just be very, um, like upfront with all your members on what's going on in the gym and, and how they can help. If you need something like ask, you know, if you need them to write reviews or whatever, um, just talk to your members because that's, that's number one to me is to making sure that the people I'm taking care of are taken care of, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that you said there that I really liked was the targeted advertising through Facebook, Instagram, you know, a lot of times when I ask about marketing, I always hear things along the lines of like flyers or newspaper articles or things of that nature, which can have a high cost and a very low return because you're just casting such a wide net and just kind of throwing things out and, you know, not necessarily targeting people who are interested in fitness right. or working out at all. Um, so being able to get very specific about who you're speaking to in your advertising is huge as far as return on investment goes. So I think a lot of times people are afraid of advertising because of that. They think that, oh, I'm just going to dump a bunch of money in and I'm not going to really get anything in return, which isn't the case. You just have to do it right. Exactly. And if you're going to do like, uh, like I've done flyers and things like that. Um, um, but if you're going to do it, you have to do it strategically. Like everything 
is calculated to me. Like even when it comes to program writing or whatever, you know, everything is calculated to include advertising. Like if you're going to print off a stack of 500 flyers, go to your local GNCs, go to your local, you know, um, nutrition shops, go to, go, go to there and ask them if you can drop some off because you know, those people are already trying to get a healthier lifestyle going, you know, like if you're just taking it to, you know, every, every single place, um, under the sun, it's not, it's not going to benefit you as much as if you're like being strategic about it. You know, if you're going to go to local businesses, go to like, you know, a Dick's Sporting Goods and say, Hey, here's a 10 free passes or here, here's 20 free passes to my gym for your employees. If you want to throw them in the break room or whatever, you know, um, I've, I've had a little bit of success with that. Um, but, but I, I really like the, the online targeted advertising, um, is my main. Yeah, definitely. And now when you are running ads online, what is that? offer look like are you structuring things for people to come in for like a free trial or are you doing some type of front end offer what does that look like how are you kind of catching people's attention with that advertising yeah so when people come in um the first time is free when they come in um they come in get a lift in again it's not a huge facility um so there's not you know, you can kind of get a feel for, all right, if, if, if this is what I'm doing during my workouts, then I have everything I need, or I don't have everything I need. And I think one thing that I'm very, I guess, kosher with is understanding that my gym is not the gym for everybody. Um, so whereas it's like, that's kind of, that might sound weird to some people, but you know, some people come in and they're, they, they want machines, right? I have a ton of free weights in my gym, so this is not the place for them. Um, and I can always offer assistance, you know, offer training and stuff like that, but not everybody can either afford that or, or wants that. They want to just go in, do what they know and then leave. Um, so yeah, to me, it's, it's just knowing, you know, knowing what people want and knowing what you have, um, and giving the best product possible. And then just kind of showing that on the ad. So I'll say, yep, come in for free. Um, or if you see this ad, you know, $15 off enrollment or something like that. Just, just little, little snippets and then make sure you're targeting it again towards the people you are wanting in your gym. You know, if you, if you don't want a bunch of, bunch of new lifters, if you don't want a, a bunch of super hardcore guys or whoever, then don't target it towards those people, target it towards the people you want. Yes, absolutely. That's an important piece there. Not being afraid to, really kind of niche down to the type of people that you want in your facility, because that you mentioned it earlier, you know, like your the members that you have now are kind of the, the foundation of your business and bringing other people who are like that in to really build on top of that and build that community in the way that you want to, rather than just getting anybody in the door. That's an important right. piece there as well. So now, obviously we've just turned over into the new year. So what do goals look like for you for 2022? What's your main focus for the year? Is there anything super specific that you're really uh, focusing on tackling for 2022? Yeah, I, I have, um, I would love to just be able to, to get to a hundred members, um, which to me, even, even being five months in, like, four and a half months in, I didn't even think I'd be at 65 members by now. Um, so to me, they, like, it's already like, 
I've already surpassed where I thought I was going to be at this point. Right. So um, as far as, as that goes, you know, I, I think it'd be really just cool to say, yep, I have a hundred members, a hundred active members. Um, as far as, you know, for, for the gym, I just got in a bunch of new equipment. Um, I have a couple more pieces that I'm wanting to get in here. Um, and then I, I basically want to have enough money to be able to expand into a bigger facility by the end of the year. Um, so step one, improve a couple pieces of equipment. Step two, save. Um, I do everything cash flowed. I don't take out any loans. I don't like doing that. Um, it's a little bit slower, but you know, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, you'd said earlier, 30% of gyms have, have gone under during COVID, right? Well, why is that? Because if your overhead's not that high, you know, I'm the only employee. So if, if your overhead's not that high and you don't have a bunch of loans on equipment or whatever that you can't afford, at the end of the day, you just pay your rent and you're good. And I, I think where I differ from a lot of people is I'd be willing to like literally sleep in my office if I had to, to get rid of, I'm a single guy. So if I had to get rid of my apartment, you know, I, I could throw all my stuff in a storage unit and live here, you know, it, that wouldn't bother me at all. But um, as far as goals go, yeah, just expanding into a bigger space and getting the best equipment possible. All right. So now, I mean, you're not too far off from that 100 member goal sitting at 65 members right now. So sure. on an average monthly basis, how many new members are you seeing per month? Um, well, so a lot of in the beginning, it was a lot of my, my clients that I had coming over from my other gym that I was training out of. Um, and then, um, that's a interesting question. I have it up right here. It's, it's, I'd say around seven to eight, um, upwards of 12 to 13, depending on, you know, how many friends are bringing in friends at the same time. Um, I know in December I had nine new signups, so, but I had a lot of cancellations as well in December just because of the Christmas season, I think. So they're coming back in slowly, but surely in the new year, it's January 4th. So we're, we're getting people in. Yes, absolutely. It's that time of year. All righty. So now as a newer business owner and opening a business in a crazy time in the world, if you could provide a piece of advice to someone who is considering opening a facility, what would that be? Just do it. Just do it. Like, what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now that you hate? Are you working a dead end job? Are you working, you know, a job that you literally wake up and you think to yourself, I do not want to do this today at all. I haven't wanted to do this for years. I haven't wanted to do this for, for a year, whatever. You know, it sounds, this, this could have been my downfall, but it, it's ultimately led to my success is I devise a plan and then I follow it. So step one was, all right, what equipment do I need as a baseline, you know, gym? And then what steps can I take to get to that point? How much money do I need? Create a budget, um, find your, for, find your baseline stuff, start collecting it, throw it in a storage unit and then just full send. Like when, if you, if you think you're never going to feel completely ready is one thing that I've learned. Like you're never going to be like, okay, I think I'm ready to move on to the next step. 
It's every step you take is scary. Um, but it is, it has been so rewarding so far. And if you do it, you know, I say the same thing to people about personal finances, live within your means, you know, keep your gym within your means. Don't overexert because you want a $5,000 piece of equipment or whatever. Um, but, but live within your means as far as the gym goes and you will be, you'll be golden. Just full send. <laughs> Just do it. Just do I it. like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, um, a lot of times people are really afraid to take the leap and get out of the job that they hate or, you know, it, it's the paralyzing fear that holds people back a lot. So it's, yeah. you know, it's refreshing to hear somebody that just kind of took the chance to do it. And, you know, obviously you were successful doing so and you were able to do it without debt. You know, a lot of people yeah. do get into gyms and they go full send in the wrong direction. You know, they right. take on a lot of debt to open the gym and they get into situations where they maybe have a nice shiny facility with all the right. best equipment, but then right. don't have enough members to be able to keep the doors open. So there's that balance there. Um, so yeah, living, living within the, the means of your gym is a huge, huge piece and starting on the smaller side and kind of working right. your way up is huge as well. Exactly. And, and to give a little bit of, I guess, backstory, you know, I don't really mind discussing as far as, as far as how much it's cost me to get to this point. I'd say over the last two years, this is including personal training. I started, I started out of a, like a slanted garage in my apartment complex. So I started literally doing like training out of a slanted garage. Um, and then I moved into my girlfriend's garage because it was a little bit bigger. Um, and I had a little bit more stuff and then it got really cold out. And I was like, you know what? I need to start planning on, on doing something this year. Cause I, I need to, I need to do something. And, and then, um, I found a place for a thousand dollars a month. I mean, 2000 square feet, nothing crazy. Um, but you know, you have the bills that come with that, but if you have some, some decent equipment, just go on rogue or Titan or whatever, you know, hammer strength. Um, and I, I've invested around $50,000 to, to be where I'm at. So, but it's all cash flowed is the thing. I didn't take out any loans for it or, and I think that is a huge part of why it's, you know, I've been able to keep it, keep it moving. You know what I mean? I'm not stressing about, oh, how am I going to pay, you know, for all this equipment? It's like, if I had to, I could just up and, and move it all into a basement. And, and I guess that's part of my mindset is, yeah, this is just, I'm just buying equipment that I want to buy for me and I'm letting other people use it. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I that's mean, one way it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Makes sense for sure. All righty. So now as we start to wrap up, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah. So um, if you go to at Burns Barbell um, on Instagram, or if you just look up Burns Barbell LLC on Facebook, um, you can go onto there or you can go to my website. It's just www.burnsbarbell.com. Um, you can find any information there, um, program writing, anything like that. Um, all on one of those three areas. 
All righty, perfect. So Michael from Burns Barbell in Ohio. Thank you so much for taking the time and we appreciate you being on the show. I definitely appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, owners of Elevate PHW in Albuquerque, Jane Adrian. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you. you. You're welcome. We're happy to have you here today. Let's get right into it. Tell us about Elevate PHW, what you guys do there, and we'll rock and roll from there. Yeah, so Elevate's PHW is located in Albuquerque, New Mexico, as you had said, Dom. We're, uh, we're almost nine years old. Um, we've been at this for a really long time, but our facility serves a pretty wide breadth of populations, gem pop folks, uh, post-hab, uh, rehab folks. We work with uh, athletes, teams, and uh, organizations all over the uh, United States. Uh, very kind of cool model, very science-driven. Um, I hate using the word functional strength because I feel like it's so so overly used here, but we're kind of taking the, the latest and greatest that the industry kind of provides us, and we're trying to help each and every person and team to the best of our ability. Perfect. So how did this come about? What was the, the thought process of it? What was the vision when you started and, and how did you turn it into a reality almost nine years ago? Yeah, I think uh, Adrian and I initially met, uh, I think he was saying 10 and a half years ago. Uh, I had been doing uh, some strength and conditioning and I was a mountain bike coach for quite a few years. And it just happened that we had a client in common. He was a strength coach and said, you guys got to meet. Um, I was actually the the dean and a founder of a school and had an education and kind of an organizational background. Um, Adrian was already a really well-established coach and uh, helping, you know, professional athletes and had a good base going. And I don't think either of us planned on doing this. Uh, we met uh, and I think immediately, you know, there was just synergy and we were just really philosophically excited about what we could do for helping our community and helping people. Uh, so, you know, 18 months later, I think we opened our doors and it all kind of started there. Excellent. Excellent. So you, you didn't just run out, sign a lease, and if you build it, they will come. You put some planning in, into it, put some thoughts together. Did you go for one particular niche or demographic? Did you open on the back of sports performance? Did you open on the back of gen pop? Was it Let's try to do a little bit of, of everything. How did, you, how did you kick things off from the start? I think we were pretty fortunate, Donna, that when we opened the doors, 
we had kind of, uh, we had, we had groomed a few coaches that were going to open the doors with us day one. Uh, they like myself, uh, including Jay already had large followings and those followings were collections of gen pops. Um, I had, you know, a good collection of professional athletes across, you know, MLB, UFC, um, uh, even like NFL folks who I brought in day one. So it's a little bit different where a lot of people, like you said, if you build it, they will come. We already had that base. We were just trying to create a facility where that base could thrive. So for us, that was pretty significant. And we opened the doors literally with people on the performance end of the spectrum, the health end of the spectrum and the wellness, which is the PHW, uh, PHW part of Elevate PHW. Cool. And have you been in the same location since you opened? Did you have that vision? This is the space we're going to have and we're going to be here for as long as we can. Yeah, same, same exact space um, and no plans to, to move anytime soon. Uh, if anything, we probably like built uh, pretty, pretty ambitiously. We didn't start with like some kind of like small budget. Um, our initial investor was very adamant that we like, we do it the right way as Jay and I were, were too. So we opened the doors. We had, we have great equipment, great clean space, uh, centrally located, and we wanted to make sure we did it the right way and we knew we could support it. And support it you have because you've nurtured it along for, for almost nine years. So something has certainly gone right. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the building blocks and, and steps that you've had to get there at any given time with seasonality, sports, things like that. You know, you're talking several hundred clients that are in your ecosphere probably didn't start off with quite that many. So how have you grown it along the way from where you started to where it is now? Have you, have you ever had to do actual advertising? Has it always just been word of mouth and referrals? You know, have you always just been able to have as many clients as you wanted at any given time? Yeah, I think maybe not the last one. I don't know that anybody would say that, but um, from the very get-go, we've been purpose-driven. And part of that from the business model was we wanted our aesthetic and our brand to reflect who we were. So initially, you know, we spent a ton of time and we actually hired somebody to help us with some of our branding. So we've always been very, very brand aware. And I think that's, that's helped us. It doesn't get you clients, but when people have a certain image of you and the way you brand yourself matches what they've heard, it can only help. So we've been very, very thoughtful about that. As far as advertising, um, very little. Um, I don't think it's when we have, I don't know that it gets us the leads that we want. We've been lucky enough to you know, have the network um, to make sure that we take care of those folks in that network. You know, as a team, all of our coaches are full-time employees. You know, they go through an extensive internship, even if they have a master's degree in this, uh, before they become part of our team. Um, we do talk about the soft skills and, you know, what does your schedule look like? How are you going to make sure that you have the longevity into this career? Um, but also, are we getting referrals? But those referrals, anytime we're like looking for business, we still are thinking, you know, are we really respecting and, and thinking of the needs of our clients now, both in how we're asking for referrals, um, but more importantly is making sure to take care of them. Because if they stay here, it's a lot easier to keep somebody, you know, than have uh, new people coming in the door. Yeah, and I think that applies to both 
the coaching side and the client side, right? Because it's, it's real hard to find good culture fits, really motivated people on the trainer side, regardless of how long you've been around or how good your facility is, the, the percentages just seem to be skewed out of favor for, for fitness facilities. And then obviously with any business, right? Keeping a good client is always easier and more profitable and better for both sides of the relationship than going out and getting a new one. So I want to talk a little bit about the other side, the, the trainer side of things is a lot of your talent. Is it homegrown? Is it people, you know, are you taking ever taking clients and turning them into trainers? Are you pulling from local colleges and universities or, you know, are people finding you, you know, through word of mouth or reputation? How are you building that team that you have to take care of your clientele? Think we have an example of every uh instance you just mentioned so yes to all of those um and then we are incredibly careful you know anybody who expresses interest we're going to give some time um you know trying to figure it out if, if that would be a good fit we sp spend a ton of time looking at if we want to even consider somebody for an internship um even if we really need somebody we'd rather just run leaner or put people on a waiting list than have a coach that's not going to fit into our culture. Um, but yeah, we, we've been lucky enough since the beginning where, you know, luckily people want to work with us and people stay with us. I mean, we have two people on staff right now. Um, one, she luckily interviewed us with us before we even opened the doors in the same room we're in right now. She worked at our front desk uh, for a couple years, went off, pursued some fitness interests and um, some professional performing interests in California, and then came back and wanted to be a coach. That's like the best compliment we could have. Um, and then we have another gal who is a coach who just came back from PT school and is part of our team again. So we tend to keep our people around much higher than the industry average, and then people are coming back. So we feel pretty good about that. I'd add to that too, Don, with, with very rare exception, does somebody not want to come back in here? So coaches who've gone on to other careers, um, like as physical therapists, which we've had like quite a few kind of migrate into that world, which is fantastic. They've come back and now they're trying to figure out ways to be PTs for us. So people want to be part of this. They want to be part of the community. They want to be part of the culture. Um, and even the folks who've gone on to other career fields, they come back here and they now they're in medical sales or doing something else, but they want to work out here. They still want to be here. So they believe in the things that we're espousing, the things that we're coaching. So a, a genuinely sticky culture that makes people either not want to leave or try to figure out a way to get back if they can is it's something that really you can hang your hat on, right? I mean, there might not be a lot of things that feel better than knowing that you're the type of place people miss, right? I think Nobody says, oh, really, I really miss my Globo gym that I was a trainer at or that I was a, a client at. Like, you know, hey, which gym did you go to? I, I don't know. The one, the big one in the shopping center, right? So if you, if you hear that, I'm sure that's, a, that's quite a testament. So I'm interested in, so obviously there's a huge, you know, culture ingrained in with your trainers. And, and I'm sure that gets uh, spread out through them to your clientele. But from a, a systems base, right? I don't think you can systematize everything, but on the retention side of things, on customer satisfaction, you have the people, you have the soft skills. What are the systems, if any, that you have in place 
to follow along the client journey and make sure that they continue to be happy, get results, stick around for a longer period of time so they can, they can stay healthy longer. Yeah, I mean, I think at the heart of the systems is, you know, we very much consider ourselves an education company. We spend two hours a week just talking about coaching and how to support clients in the best possible way. That's part of us growing and, and keeping the interest and the, the drive alive to learn more, but that directly gets reflected in what's happening with the client. So, um, you know, that keeps our programming top notch. We're always talking about programming, um, but we're talking about ways to help clients. Uh, we all know pretty much every client. Um, we try to do things for clients that, that are um, life-changing. So for example, we have a series of adventure trips that we run. You're familiar with New Mexico and we're lucky enough that, you know, we live in a high adventure uh, part of the country and then on staff, including myself, we just have expertise in those areas. So, you know, we can take people out. We have a group that left today that's going to go kayak and um, hike one of the longest slot canyons in the world. And we prepare people for these things. And those people become, and they will be lifelong members because they've had this transformational experience. And we feel like the time in the facility, that's not the paramount part for most people's fitness journey. We're trying to prepare them for something greater outside of our walls. And that's just one way to do that. But, you know, there's a lot more enriching things in life than just what you're doing under a barbell. And I think that's part of our ethos too. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something that obviously the, the culture of the area, the geography, the, the climate, and just the general, uh, I think the feel as somebody who's been out to New Mexico, you know that it's a really good opportunity to say like, hey, you can be doing this to be part of everything else that's going around here not to just, I mean, some people just want to go to the gym and, and, and that's cool. But if they want to be part of everything else going out there, you can show a really strong connection by actually arranging it and organizing it. So it's not just go do it. It's like, let's go do it together. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. So you've been around for, you know, almost nine years now. Um, you know, there's a lot of solid foundation, very certain about who you are and what you do. Um, have you had any big speed bumps along the way? Have there been any things where you've been like, oh crap, what do we do here? Or we needed to acquire this skill. Was there anything that surprised you? Other, I mean, the, the amount of work in personal relationships and development you have to do never stops, but has there been anything along the way where you kind of, you got stuck and you needed to, acquire a skill or adapt as a person or a coach to continue on the trajectory? This could be an entire podcast, Dominic. <laughs> yeah. um, it, I, I think the, uh, the harmony between Jay and I has always been like pretty awesome. But, you know, when we started, um, we had another partner and another investor. Um, without getting into the details, you know, we had to uh, remove those parties over, over, over the course of the business. And it wasn't always good. A lot of times it's very contentious. Um, those are some of the hardest things to kind of navigate because those were like, uh, personal relationships. Um, and obviously there were like financial ramifications there. Um, and Jake and I kind of, uh, took on the, uh, you know, the, uh, the majority of or the entire, you know, financial burden of the business on our shoulders, um, at a time when we, didn't even think we were quite ready for it, but we kind of stepped up to the plate. So 
you know, those barriers were big. We've had other instances where we've had um, high profile professional athletes who did, who weren't doing things uh, that were in line with our ethos and our culture. And we had to tell them that they couldn't be a part of our community anymore. Those are painful things because these were like high profile folks that would, you know, give you lots of exposure and give you great opportunity. But we knew that it wasn't uh, good for our business and, and good for our culture and good for our community. And so we've had to remove those things. Again, relationships too that you have to sever. But even with those cases and, and losing employees along the way, uh, we've almost always come out like ahead or better as an organization for it. It's always been for uh, the greater good and helping us kind of have the community and keep the community that we want to have. So you've had your your culture and your your foundation tested a couple of times kind of put back against the wall and you figured out you know not i'm not going to stick in this partnership because it's the easy financial road or i'm not going to keep this client around because it helps keep the lights on you've kind of you've had to face that and time after time it's been we're going to stay true to we are and take it on the chin and we're going to move forward for better or for worse. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a perfect summary. And then uh, um, you're probably aware, but we had that whole pandemic thing uh, going on. Uh, so that was another thing to navigate. But, you know, I'm proud to say that we kept all of our employees employed the entire time. And we continue to help our customer base out via uh, remote um, all, all the while. So yeah, you know, that, uh, that alone for every gym owner was something that they had to navigate and figure out. But yeah, I'm proud of the way Jay and I handled it. Yeah, I think, I think the big thing was um, we never wavered in who we were. And, you know, I can say for myself, but I, I know he'd agree that I implicitly trusted and believed in Adrian. We don't agree on everything. Our staff will see that sometimes. Um, but we don't question... Um, the person that we're dealing with, you know, we, we um, trust each other. And, and I think that's the most important thing. The pandemic, you know, I remember looking at Adrian at one point and being like, this is not the most stressful thing we've dealt with. And our business was shut down for a quarter. And yeah, it was stressful. I mean, I might've aged more, I don't know. Um, but I think always doing things the right way. I'm more of the business guy. We both do both. But even when it was tough to do, or it'd be easy to not do things the right way. It's really paid off to just always do things the right way, even if it's not the easy thing to do. Yeah, and something that popped into my head when when you guys are both talking about that is the, uh, I'm a big Simon Sinek guy, and I don't know if you're familiar with any of this stuff, but when you guys, when you discuss, when you make these decisions, you're never, you're never disagreeing about the why. Never. The how may be contentious or, or maybe the who in some cases, but the why is the beacon and everything else has to fall in line with that. And you figure out a way to, to come together underneath it. Yes, for yeah. sure. And, and we're well aware of his work. We're big readers. Um, you're spot on. Yeah. 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 He's uh, some, I would say, I would say life-changing stuff that, that I've read from him. So uh, just getting different perspective on things and, and how much more sense a lot of it makes after you, uh, you get his lens. I never subscribe solely to just believing someone because I like it. Uh, but you look at that and then you challenge your own beliefs. And if it, 
if it does, if it pans out, then it's all right, well, maybe this guy's on to something. So where does the future hold for you guys? You know, as we, as we start to wind down and, and start to get low on time here, um, there's a million things we could talk about, but you've been around this long. Uh, it doesn't seem like you're planning on, on quitting anytime soon. You got a lot of work to do in your community. What's the future hold? Are there big projects? Are there small projects? Are there, you know, are there things that are, that you're just chomping at the bit as we get away from this pandemic, fingers crossed that, you know, if we checked in on you in a year from now that we'd see. I, you know, from the, from the outset, when we, when we started this business, we always started about doing like bigger things and reaching out and helping more and more people. And I think one of the constraints that we realized over the last, you know, almost nine years is that, you know, we don't quite have the outreach we want. So it's a direction that we really started taking the business in, you know, maybe four or five years ago is we're starting to work with more uh, groups and organizations. Um, so those include, you know, people along with the Department of Defense and um, big industries and, and companies within the state. And that's a way we feel like we can, we can really do this. Uh, it includes like, you know, soccer clubs and organizations, professional teams. And uh, I see that as one of the arenas that we're going to grow in is, is ways to get out, educate and help more people. And it doesn't necessarily have to be um, a coach with boots on the floor, but us kind of espousing our beliefs, our education and uh, imparting that onto, onto other folks. And that's just one of the avenues that I see us uh, uh, continuing to grow into. Yeah, I mean, to, to kind of build off Adrian, I mean, working with specific industry and people in more industrial jobs, we've seen um, just major breakthroughs where, um, you know, myself and some of the other people doing that work have found that we're helping, we're, we're legitimately helping people and they're coming back and saying that to us and the data shows it as, as well as we're helping people navigate life and find answers where they wouldn't have found it otherwise, whether it be with nutrition, movement, pain mitigation, and we're helping a population that maybe reflects a little bit more of some of our upbringings in different parts of our community where, you know, owning the type of place that we have, there's a selection of people that can actually afford and do this. And that's not necessarily where we all came from either, right? So that feels good, but it's also making a difference. Adrian is awesome at this, and I know we're both doing it. I mean, we're looking five, 10 years out. We're seeing how, you know, technology um, and just the relationship that people's having with technology, the way fitness is evolving, the way the healthcare system's evolving. And we're trying to think about what we're gonna be like and what we're gonna be doing nine years from now, just not next year. Fantastic. So if I could try to wrap that up, put a bow on it, you're at a point where you've, you've put in the work, you've got a lot of things in place within your four walls where you feel comfortable that you're, you're firing on all cylinders there. So you have the ability to, I wouldn't say take your eyes off of what's right in front of you, but to spare some attention outside your four walls and see how you can spread your impact in other ways besides just bringing more clients through the doors. Yeah, I, I think we do, but we do because we have an amazing team. You know, we brought in, um, where we're starting now to do revenue sharing and sharing that with our long-term coaches and employees. And we're trying to do things where we're all growing together. It's not like an Adrian and I just walking out and doing other things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're doing it as a group and, and we're trying to, you know, grow and, and um, experience these things as a team. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's about all the time that we have for today, guys. I hope to check in on you sometime in the future and see where all this stuff is going. I could probably, we could do a couple hours real easily here, but if people want to see more about what you're doing there in your four walls, uh, I know you, you manage a blog on your website and all that. So can you give us the website, any social media, any place, anything that people can check out if they want to find out more about what you're doing in yeah. Albuquerque and outside? Sure. It's uh, www.elevatephw.com. Um, our Instagram's pretty active and uh, you can hit us up on that. We'll definitely respond to you. Um, we're happy to do so. And our Instagram, Adrian, is at elevatephw.com. Correct. Or not com. There's no com. Correct. I'm, Elevate. I'm aging myself, Dominic. Elevatephw, Dominic. <laughs> uh, an important message, Dom, for, for those listening is if they have people who are interested in what we do, especially for like adventure trips and things like that, is that is not just uh, open just exclusively for membership. Uh, anybody is welcome to, to do these things. And like Jay said, adventure trips in Moab. This guy leads uh, mountain biking trips along the Colorado Trail. Um, you know, multiple days. We do backcountry ski, snowboarding trips, uh, guided, um, all sorts of fun stuff. And it's a great way for people to kind of get exposed to who we are, what we do, and what we believe. Yeah. Let's go to Albuquerque and check them out. Find them on the website, book a trip, reach out to these guys. Uh, I have no doubt they'll have a, a good time. And if you're in the area and you feel like you need some training before you do it, they can help you with that too. You guys, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being with us today. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. We enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, me too. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you being here with us, spending some of your day. We hope you found value in this. If you want to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, talk about your business, your model, what you're doing in your community, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Ward's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Words Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Leo, owner of Natural Selection CrossFit in Kennewick, Washington. How's it going, Leo? Good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for making time to come on with us today. I'm super excited to chat more about Natural Selection CrossFit. Uh, so let's hop right into it. Tell us a little bit about Natural Selection and what kind of services do you guys offer? 
so we are mainly a CrossFit group class um, facility, but we do have a bunch of other specialty courses that we do. We um, have a teens course we have, which is um, something that we're really focusing on because we have a lot of our areas. We have a lot of parents that love to put their kids into team sports, you know, so um, we have that that's going on. We have our Olympic lifting, which is structured, hopefully, to just get people to compete in Olympic lifting only um, and help the ones that do CrossFit in their Olympic lifting lifts. And then we also have a class that we're going to we don't know what the title is going to be yet, but we're trying to help just people who are stagnant get off the couch. And it's kind of like we, we don't have a name for it yet, but we're just trying to build that right now. And we're going to be adding that here soon. And then yeah. we also have other services that are nothing to do with like the fitness. We do um, cryotherapy and we have um, body fat composition that we do also. And then um, starting hopefully mid to end January, we're going to have a chiropractor slash physical therapist in our facility also full time. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like you guys are basically making yourself out to be a one stop shop here. Yeah, we want to be for athletes, you know, and elite athletes at a, or any level athlete, I guess mm -hmm. I should say. Right. Yeah, exactly. I love that, that you're able to cater to, yeah, both those elite athletes, as you said, but also just to the to the general public. So very cool. So I'm super excited to dig into that a little bit more. But before we do, give us a little background on how Natural Selection CrossFit came to be. You guys have been in business for 11 years now. Um, so take us back to that time and how you know it was the right time for you to go into business for yourself. So I was actually in the military. And when I got out of the military, um, I knew that I wanted to open a CrossFit gym because I learned about CrossFit in the military. Um, I worked at CrossFit Camp Pendleton. It was called the warehouse um, back then. And it was all of the equipment that Greg Glassman donated from CrossFit Santa Cruz, the original CrossFit gym, to the Marines. And so I was running that gym. And uh, when I got out of the military, that's kind of when I knew, like, you know, this is kind of something that I like. I want to you know, pursue. And so I got out and I started volunteering my time at um, two different gyms. Natural Selection was one of them. And so I, at that point, let the owners know there's three owners. Um, and I let them know, hey, just so you guys know, I'm going to eventually open up my own business. And uh, they saw the value that I brought, you know, and uh, kind of how my coaching style was and what I brought to the table. And so they actually offered me ownership. Um, and so I kind of took the reins at that point a little bit and kind of started running with it. And so I've been running it for the last 11 years. I mean, they were open, I think maybe a month and a half when I came into the picture. Oh, wow. So they were, yeah. yeah they fresh were. for them and fresh for me too. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's super cool. So, I mean, it sounds like you more or less kind of built it from the ground up yourself. Much, yeah. I mean, I would, <laughs> I would consider that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. So, you know, obviously you got into this business to help people. You took over the gym, people started showing up, things are going along, and then this little pandemic thing happens, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. I think we all pretty much got punched in the face from that one. And statistically, about a third of gyms closed entirely. And unfortunately, I think some probably still will. So I don't think we yeah. really truly know. Yeah, the the full extent of that. Um, but the good thing is, oh, sorry. Was no, sorry. I said, I don't think any gym is out of the woods just yet. No, no. It's yeah, especially with the resurgence of this new variant and whew, things are getting a little wild. Yeah. 
for sure. But, um, but you know, the good thing is, is you're still here. You're still helping people. So, you know, what I and our listeners want to know is how exactly did the pandemic affect your business and what did you guys do to stay afloat and keep serving people during this time? So we, um, during the pandemic, we, you know, we were at about 200 and we were over 260 members strong, um, for our facility. And, uh, now we're, we're, we lost, we lost, I think over half is what we lost during the pandemic. And so we provided services and they, they didn't all go out, you know, at the same time, they kind of trickled here and there, um, stopping, but we offered different services. Like we, uh, following the pandemic rules, right? Because we didn't know how, how bad this pandemic was going to be. We started following kind of the, the guidelines from all the government, you know, that were issued and whatnot. And so we started doing uh, at-home workouts, right? Doing videos and recording them and posting them online. Um, once they opened up, we were actually, we were actually also delivering equipment. So we came up with like um, a fund for like our unlimited members. Um, if it was one person or if there was like a family or whatever, giving them a cost of how much equipment they could take and rent from the gym and take it to their personal house. We were delivering that equipment so that we knew that it was wiped and all that good stuff, right? So we had a U-Haul or not a U-Haul, but a trailer and we would go and drop stuff off and, and make sure that they got good quality equipment. And then when we pick it up to trade it out, same thing. Um, we also, once it got to the point where they were allowing small groups together, we were going and uh, doing outdoor um, workouts, you know, and that way we had athletes come into doing outdoor workout workouts at a park or wherever we would meet up, you know, sometimes at a school, depending on what we were doing. So, but um, yeah, we did a couple of different things just to try and keep afloat. And we had members who, already had contracts and so those were the ones that we were kind of being tentative to also because you know they were in it for the long haul and we want to make sure that we knew that we weren't just dropping the ball on them mm-hmm. yeah absolutely wow that's i mean i've heard of a lot of gyms renting out their equipment and whatnot but that's a whole you know a whole different level of service right there that you actually went around and delivered it to people yeah. so that's that's super cool Um, Awesome. So yeah, now that we kind of know a little bit about your backstory and how the pandemic affected things for you guys, um, I do want to switch up, get a little more tactical in what we're doing in the business right now. Um, So obviously you guys are still in a little bit of recovery mode as far as your membership base from the pandemic. So what types of things are you currently doing to get people interested in joining the facility? So we market, um, we do the Facebook marketing. We, uh, I go out and I go to different um, events and um, advertise, right? Um, one of the big things that I used to do a lot was go to competitions and advertise our gym there and the competition that we do every year. Um, and so that's what I'm doing again right now is I've been going to competitions, local ones, ones that are you know across the state of Washington competing in them and just getting... I guess our faces back out there, our, our brand back out there so that people know that we're still open, still alive and still thriving. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like you guys are really, really tackling that organic marketing thing. Um, and then I did kind of want to ask you because a lot of gym owners out there that, um, you know, either currently have a gym or an, are an aspiring gym. What I get from a lot of people is, they are a little bit apprehensive about the actual paid Facebook ads marketing. So tell us a little bit about what your experience has been with that. So we don't do it as often unless we do it mainly when we're kind of doing some type of promotion. 
Um, besides that, a lot of our stuff is organic. Um, we have referrals. We do, you know, like different type of sales and deals that we do for our athletes here so that they can bring either their immediate family because, I mean, you know, if they're committed, we know that their families would be committed already until their health. So we have someone helping us with that. So Facebook is just kind of one of those things that we use as a tool. It's not something that we consistently do um, on a regular monthly basis. Uh, so to say that we Facebook advertise regularly, I guess that we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't fall under that category, but we use them as a tool to our needs. Right. Absolutely. And during those times that you do advertise, do you find them to be successful? Do you get a lot of leads, a lot of people signing up for your promotions? Yeah, we do get some, but, um, I've, we've, I've gotten to the point where I know how to use Facebook pretty well to narrow down what we're looking for as far as like clientele base. Um, and so I think that's the main reason that we actually get some clientele or some new clients out of it. Yeah, perfect. That's awesome that you've been able to tackle that because that's a that's a very foreign thing for a lot of people. A lot so, of people yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Because it's like, you know, mostly all gym owners are trainers by heart and not marketers. <laughs> so yeah. so that's yeah, that's a tough one for people sometimes for sure. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit off the air as far as your current membership goes. You're at 170 right now. You were previously up closer to 270 or so um, pre-pandemic. You've sort of restructured um, things a little bit, so we'll talk about that shortly, but as far as actually growing your membership base, do you have a specific number in your head right now that you would like to get to, and what's kind of your thought process behind that? Um, so we're we're aiming to get back to about 200 members right now. So we're looking at needing another 30 members. Um, and it's just the, the number is different now just because of the restructuring that we did um, mm -hmm. and the way that we're going about things now. Um, so it, it's a lot less number driven, right? We're not trying to go for quantity. We're trying to go for quality. I guess you can put it in those terms. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, so the 200 mark would be the mark where I would want to be at currently. Yeah, perfect. Sounds good. Um, okay, so let's shift to your sales process a little bit. Walk us through what happens from, you know, when somebody first raises their hand and says like, hey, I'm possibly interested in joining natural selection. What, what does that journey look like for the client? So just for us, it depends, right? We get to know the person a little bit. We like to make sure that we meet the person face to face. Sometimes if it's a phone call, we'll have them come in and we'll give them a tour of the gym um, so they can kind of get used to the environment and then show them that it's not like Gold's Gym because sometimes people think that it's a Gold's Gym or a cookie cutter, you know, gym like that. Um, and so once they notice like, hey, there's no treadmills, there's no ellipticals, it's a little different thought process, right, for them. Um, but from there, we take them and we set them up for a free intro. They can either do a free class or they can do a uh, just an introduction where we just sit down and kind of go over some stuff, talk about questions that they might have. Um, and we could also, we answer a lot of their questions when they come in for the tour, you know, and give them a free tour. But um, we'd like to set up that intro so that either myself or one of my other gyms or coaches, sorry, my other coaches can uh, get to know them and answer those questions for them. Um, after that, we end up setting them up usually for a class and uh, we have them try out the class. And then based off that, well, then we encourage them to either come to our Saturdays if they don't, if they feel like they're not 100% in, we encourage them to come to our free Saturdays at 9 a.m. because our free Saturdays at 9 a.m., right, they're open to the public. It kind of gets them a little bit more 
their feet a little bit more wet and, and custom to, to what we do. And, and uh, they notice it's more fun than they would think, you know, and it's not all just about getting beat up every day. So we encourage them to come in Saturdays if they are open to, to trying it out after their free class. Um, then we go ahead and sign them up for either a three time or an unlimited membership. Okay, perfect. So yeah, are those, I was actually just going to ask that. So everyone basically right off the bat is kind of just rolling into a monthly membership. Yeah, we, we do it that way. So I know that a lot of CrossFit gyms, right? And a lot of gyms do like foundational classes. Mm -hmm. And so over the times I've noticed that people, people that I've trained and coached don't like isolation. They feel like they're being isolated away from the CrossFitters, right? Quote unquote. Um, and so we like to coach, we teach our coaches um, how to scale aggressively for people, right? And make sure that they're onboarding throughout their class. So it's a, still a good way, like you're still able to pay attention to technique and whatnot, but you, we, we dummy down newer athletes, right? And that way, the ones who are decent or decent athletes, we're able to throw them in and not blow them up or give them rhabdo, right? Right away, we ease them into it too. And the ones who are good athletes, they can just jump right into a class and they kind of already know know the ropes but yeah we 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 just kind of put them into the classes with everybody else so they don't feel like they're being segregated or put away from everybody else mm -hmm. yeah absolutely totally makes sense i love that because yeah there's just so much more camaraderie in the group Correct. classes yeah oh yeah That's very cool um so as far as your monthly memberships go you said you have an unlimited and a three times a week option correct correct Tell us a little yep. bit about the what price points those are at and kind of what your thought process was behind that i think a lot of people have a hard time de deciding on you know what they should be charging um so i took the prices from gyms around the area when i first started when we first started with natural selection and there was only one other crossfit gym at the time when natural selection was around and so based off of their prices they were they kind of had like a little monopoly going on because they were the only crossfit gym for for a few years. And so they kind of set high prices. And then being uh, a coach down in California, you know, kind of where the Mecca for CrossFit was at, I kind of knew kind of how to set prices. So I set the prices for in town and I kind of made our unlimited 140. Um, when we first started, sorry, our unlimited was 120. And then the three time a week was 100. And then we had a two time a week that was like 90. Our, our three time a week was 115 actually. And then our two time a week was 95 bucks. And so over the years, we've slowly increased the price right now. Our own limit is 140. Um, and we don't increase a lot, right? We're not, we're not uh, trying to make it hard for people to get in here either, but because I feel like a lot of CrossFit gyms, since it's easy to get affiliated, which is one of the things that kind of annoys me being an older CrossFitter is uh, that there's a lot of bad quality coaching out there, right? There's there's coaches that shouldn't be coaches. There's, there's athletes that are getting hurt because of those coaches. And then they're charging like $160 for an unlimited. And then they're also having like a signup fee, right? We don't have any signup fees. Mm -hmm. We don't do any of that stuff because we feel like if we can just get people to come in and sign up because they want to, and they enjoy the place, like right. they're going to take care of us. If we take care of them, you know, it shouldn't be a, we're trying to nickel and dime you kind of place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, 
Well, I love that you brought that up because CrossFit definitely does get a bad rap. So, um, you know, it's cool to hear that that's something, you know, even though you are an affiliate, you love CrossFit, that it's something, you know, you try to, you try to be a little bit better, offer a little yeah. better service. So yeah. that's very cool. Um, all right. So you have uh, six trainers working for you, correct? Yeah, there's six of us. Okay, perfect. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your hiring and training processes. Did you hire mostly from your membership base or did you look externally? Um, both, we do both. Um, most, so just like every CrossFit gym, I'm sure um, we used to hire internally, right? And it kind of became a issue because um, friends, some friends can't separate business and friendship, right? So it become, becomes kind of a, a hassle. But if you hire someone that's external, you know, they know that they're here to do a job and then they kind of keep a professional and kind of go that route. Um, so we we hire both depending on the quality of, of the coach that's coming in. And when we hire, we don't really look at how they coach because we can teach them how to coach what we look at is where their heart's at, right? Because if you don't have a heart to care for somebody and you don't have empathy for them, or if you don't get excited for them when they get their first pull-up or their first double under, right? Then then we don't want that type of person coaching for us because that's not type, the type of personality that we want to have. You know, we want to be personable with people. Um, but I put my coaches, every single coach that has ever coached for me um, has gone through a two-month internship. Right. So the first month is they're looking, they're watching. All they do is watch and they they pay attention. They sh essentially shadow myself or a coach that I've had doing it for a while. And then after that, the second month, then they start to dabble into making corrections and coaching. And then we have two tests that they have to take. They have to take one test whenever they feel like they're ready yep. and they have to pass. 100% pass rate, right? If they can't make any mistakes, which usually nobody makes it, right? Because it's a high, high standard. Right. And then at the very end, after they coached two more weeks or however they feel to get brushed up on the parts where they were not great at, then we go ahead and retest them. And then based off that, we score them and they need to have at least a 75 or higher to pass. And I've made the, the grading scale myself for our gym. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a really cool process. A lot more extensive than a lot yeah. of CrossFit gyms, exactly. A lot of gyms are just go get the certification. No, oh, here, you're a coach. And then right. they coach, you know, and they just kind of learn as they go. So yeah, we, we, we take a little bit more time with our coaches because that's our clientele comes because of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why we take that time to, to make sure that they're knowledgeable and then continuing education is huge with me. Like I send them to certifications and make sure that they're getting brushed up and they're not getting stagnant with, with movements or ideas. You know? Yeah, I, yeah, I love that. I love that you're you're so on top of that. And it's funny because you said exactly one of my favorite things too is that you know when it comes to coaching, you can you can teach people the the mechanics and yeah. the, the training and things like that, but you cannot teach people to have the right personality for it. Correct, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's super cool that you yeah recognize that because a lot of times people are drawn to people with like you know, wild certifications and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, well, but, but if nobody likes you, then yeah, I don't listen to you if they don't yeah, respect exactly. you. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. All right. Very cool. So, you know, we know how you are attracting people to the gym, how you sign them up, how you execute your core offerings, of, you know, your group classes and some of your other things. But now let's touch a little bit upon the restructuring that you did and how you guys added more value 
for your clients and so that you know you're both getting the most out of your relationship so tell us about yeah how you guys kind of built on that and what other types of offerings you started for your so group. so um the a big one is nutrition stuff right so a big thing that i am working on this year which not a lot of people know about and this is kind of our big one is we're going to be doing um kind of like uh meal prep classes here oh. at our facility right to, to teach people because a lot of a lot of people's like everybody tells you you can get in the gym and you can work out and that's like 10 percent of the battle right 90 percent right. of the battles in the kitchen yeah. and, and when people want to see results that's what they want and so we're going to start restructuring adding a little bit more uh detailed nutrition like in you know actual cooking mm -hmm. classes um but we're trying to give our athletes that we currently have more bang for their buck i guess essentially right um we've been doing a lot more retail stuff um, which we used to do a lot of retail but um with all the restructuring that we did we noticed that our clientele really wanted to spend money at our facility and they wanted to wear our brand and you know and when you come in and you have five shirts left on the on the rack and there's not enough sizes you know people walk away and that's just revenue out the door and so we started getting clothes and getting, you know, different type of things that they could purchase and swag that they wanted, you know, whatever yeah. it is, you know, and so we do that. And we also do um, clean eating challenges, which is a huge one, um, because people need that accountability, right? They don't have accountability half the time, or they just don't want, they, they get lazy, people get lazy, right. I get lazy, oh, yeah. right? right. And, so, and so what we do is that we do a cash pot for our, um, clean eating challenge right and so usually our our cash prize we just started another we started another one here in january on january 3rd mm -hmm. and it goes all the way until before the crossfit open um and it's we're doing this one it's just an open prep right but we're giving them the the ability to get healthy eat healthy for that month and a half before the open so that the ones that come off that christmas bender right can get back into the swing of things before the open um but we're just trying to give them incentive to understand that we're not here to just make money. We're also here to give, you know, prizes. So our clean eating challenge usually has a price pot cash prize that goes to the winner. Uh, the highest we've had, was like 2,600 bucks. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good so, prize right there. That's good. Yeah, that's good prize, you know, for any, what, what do you do? You eat clean and you look sexy. Like that's like, right. Exactly. You know, that's, that's a, that's a win-win. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're eating so last, well. That was the good. highest. The last one that we did was around 1600 bucks, I think. <laughs> That's, that's, yeah, that's super cool. And that actually kind of feeds into the next thing I was going to ask you about as far as obviously, um, you know, things like those challenges, doing special events for the CrossFit Open, things like that all sort of help build community and camaraderie and, uh, you know, ultimately aid in retaining your members. So um, is retention something that you track on a monthly basis? We do. So prior to COVID, we had a the, the previous six months to COVID, it was at 97.2% retention. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty dang good. And then prior to that, like we were never below 94% retention. And that was our retention was for at least two months is what we were trying to, to make sure that we're retaining. For. Right. Yeah, that's, that's super awesome. Um, very cool. So is, you know, obviously that's, that's an awesome retention rate. Um, well above industry standard is, you know, about 90%. Yeah. But um, so my question is, obviously, you know, you can't keep everybody, there's going to be people that 
that fall through the cracks that you know move like things like that but as far as um you know those people that just kind of stop showing up start to drop off do you have any sort of systems in place as far as like you know reaching out to them things like that yeah. Yeah. So, so we have uh, our biggest thing was people moving because we're huge. Hanford is huge over here. Right. And then when contracts end or something like that, people get, they, they move and they go other places. So losing people was that we lost people was mainly because of jobs, right. Jobs being changed. Um, but when people stop coming our system, so we have our first notification and it is through our system and it sent a, sends a message to them saying, Hey, we haven't seen you in a while where you've been at. Don't make me come to your house. Right. It's <laughs> kind of joking, like trying to get you back in here. Um, and then after a while, like we'll we'll do a personal phone call and say, hey, you know, we haven't seen you. What's what's going on? What's the deal? Like, are you okay? And because a lot of times it's just life gets busy or whatever, and they just need a reset, you know. And sometimes that that initial email will get them back in here, or that text message or phone call usually gets them back in here. But we try to make sure that they understand that we pull we pull a report every month to see when everybody's last visit was. And then based on that, we'll go ahead and make phone calls every two weeks or text messages if we haven't seen someone, unless they obviously notify us and say, hey, I'm out of town for surgery or, or, or going out of town for business or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that you are very proactive about reaching out. Cause I know a lot of people are, you know, tend to be on the fence about that because they don't want to necessarily, they feel like if they call attention to the fact that the person hasn't been there, then they're going to realize like, Oh, maybe I, I don't really need this gym membership. And yeah, you know, well, I, think, I think that's, that's kind of a negative thought process because right if you're in like they're paying you to hold them accountable right yeah. so do that do that part hold them accountable make them come in and if they do say hey like i just think it's not my thing I, then you can kind of tell them like hey have you really given it a shot you know like you're not right. coming in being consistent if you did that you would see results you would change your mind you know so there's a lot of ways you can look at that that thing right. i think Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, like I sort of meant is that people I think are generally surprised by the fact that that tends to not actually happen because, yeah. People, oh, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, well, okay. They, you know, they noticed I was gone. They, they really want me to be here. I better yeah, get my butt. Yeah, exactly. I better get my butt back in there. So yeah. And they know that. Right. You know, who doesn't want to feel like they want to belong, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Or like they're missed. So yeah, they're missed. Awesome. So we talked a little bit about how you guys got started. We talked a lot about what you're doing now. Um, so let's shift our focus here to the future. What kind of goals do you guys have for the next year or two? Do you have any plans, projects, things that you're working on? Um, so we do host a competition every year and it's called the Atomic Throwdown. And it was getting to the point where it was getting to be a pretty big competition in the state of Washington. And but COVID kicked us in the butt and we haven't done it in the last few years. So we're doing it again this year. And we, what we do is we try to raise money for um, different foundations, right? So this year we're doing, um, we're, we're uh, gonna sponsor TROT and it's a, it's called the um, Therapeutic Writing of Tri-Cities. And it's, so this, my, this guy named Mike, he's the president of it. They, they, what they do is they take horses and they have autistic kids or kids with disabilities or adults with disabilities. And they put them through this course where they teach them how to kind of touch and control and feel and do, you know, different things that'll help them with their disabilities. And so they're getting ready to build a hundred foot by hundred foot, um, 
um, stadium for so that they can run this program year round. Because right now, having kids that are autistic or you know with disabilities out in the cold or really hot heat just doesn't work for them. So right now, they're trying to raise money to get this building built, and so that's what we're sponsoring. They're going to be our sponsor this year, and we're going to try and raise money for them so that they can we can aid in in building this you know facility so they can do this project year round because it's something that. I think it's just phenomenal. You know, you give yeah. back to the community. It just helps you grow. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love to hear that. Um, you know, I actually have a niece who's autistic. So that's, that's a really cool thing to hear that there are programs like that out there, not only, but that there are people like you supporting yeah. them. So, so thank you. That's, that's really awesome. Um, okay. So we are winding down on time here. So I do have one last question for you though, Leo. And that is if you could go back and give yourself or our listeners one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be? Um, I would say, try to make sure that right out of the gate, you run the business as a business and especially a CrossFit gym, because I know that um, I've seen with other CrossFit gyms and my own self have been through it, that people tend to take the business that you have and that you're running as a business, they take it as more of a friendship because you're being very, you know, personable and whatnot. And so they tend to kind of take advantage of that friendship. You need to keep that business line in place so that people don't understand, like they understand not to um, show up late or be disrespectful in a coach's coaching, right? Because it is a business and people are there to learn and get better. And it's not just a clubhouse, right? And so a lot of people, when they start, they think that it's their, it is their happy place, but it becomes more of a clubhouse. And then we don't want that notion. We want, Hey, you're here to get fit and healthy and stay healthy. So keep it as a business. If you can keep it as a business and don't turn into a clubhouse. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that advice. I think it's super important for people starting out um, because, yeah, like you said, people obviously um, they're in this business. You build a lot of personal relationships. You do become friends. You really want to help people. But, you know, at the end of the day, it also is a business. You have to make a living off of it. And, you know, the more money you make, the more people you can help. So correct. Yeah. Awesome. So perfect. Okay. Well, it looks like we are about out of time here. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Leo. So before we go for all of our listeners out there, what's your website and where can we find you guys on social media? So our website is nsxfit.com. And that's the exact same thing for social media, for Instagram and Facebook, our hashtag, right? Whatever it's nsxfit.com or nsxfit. So you can just look at us up with, with that tag. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully everybody goes and checks you out. Cool. Appreciate it. So, yeah, absolutely. So for all of our listeners out there, thank you for spending some time with us today. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Leo here. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.